It's time for the Horseshoes and Hand Grenades podcast with CNHI Sports Indiana's George Brimmer, your number one source for the latest Colts news, information, and discussion. It's time to kick things off. Hello, Colts fans, and welcome to a very special edition of the Horseshoes and Hand Grenades podcast. I'm your producer, Heather B., and I'm here with your host, CNHI Sports Indiana Executive Editor and Colts beat writer, George Brummer. You probably know why we've all come back for a second time this week. Some very big news out of Colts today. Yeah, I said during our normal podcast this week that depending on when you listen to it, there already may be a decision made on, about Andrew Luck by the time you are listening to it. And uh, that came down on Thursday. Chris Ballard came into the media room. Seems like anytime that happens recently, bad news follows. And he announced that Andrew Luck has officially been placed on injured reserve, which ends months of speculation and, and waiting and uh, puts him on the shelf for the rest of the 2017 season. What did Ballard have to say about the implications of luck going on IR for long term? I know a lot of people have talked about, oh, this is a career ending injury and they're just covering it up. Um, Did he give any opinion on that or speculation about that? Yeah, he was pretty adamant that this is not career ending at this point. Uh, He said no doctor that they've talked to and they've talked to several here in the last couple of weeks has even brought that up. Uh, Every doctor has just mentioned Patience, you know, that's that's the word that we heard a lot from him. We have throughout this process uh, to be patient with the rehab, to be patient with the process. Uh, As I talked about on the previous podcast this week, I don't want to say it's a common occurrence because I don't want to make it sound like this was routine and that this went exactly the way it was supposed to go. Clearly, it didn't. The team had expected him to be able to play this year. They prepared that way. Three weeks ago, that was the plan. That's why he was out there practicing and throwing 40-yard bombs uh, out there on the practice field because at that point in time, the idea still was that Andrew Luck would play in 2017. Uh, There was soreness coming out of those two weeks of practice that persisted. They tried a cortisone shot. That didn't alleviate the problem. And so they went around and they looked at some other doctors and they asked a lot of questions. And what they found out is, wait, be patient. And, And as I had said before, This is a surgery, a posterior labral tear. It can take up to 12 months to really come back completely from it. And quite frankly, oftentimes it's a rehab that takes longer than expected. And it's a frustrating situation. Uh, As I said, the previous podcast, it's something that I think we're getting to see play out in real time here. All of that being said, I understand the concern on everybody's part here. You know, it's been 10 months that you've been dealing basically 10 months at this point. It's going to be more than that. Now that you've been dealing with a a shoulder injury, a throwing shoulder injury for your franchise quarterback. If that's not concerning, uh, nothing will be for you as a fan or, or as a front office person. And yeah, you know, the team expected him to play this year. It didn't happen. Uh, there's a lot of reasons behind that. A lot of complicated medical reasons behind that. Uh, but right now, Uh, Not only did Chris Ballard say that this is not a career-ending injury from all the knowledge that he's been able to gather, he also said that as they go into the 2018 offseason, which is an important factor here because right now this team has a number four pick in the draft, and they're probably going to end up with a top 10 pick, maybe a top five pick when all is said and done. He said they're going to operate as though Andrew Luck is on the roster for 2018. That's the way that, that they're approaching things. So I don't expect to see them take a quarterback in the first round. I don't expect to see them chase a trade or or free agent signing. And these are the kind of things that, that you would expect them to do 
if, in fact, they thought that long-term they wouldn't have Andrew Luck. Really, the rhetoric from Chris Ballard stayed the same as it has been all along, and that's basically that they're doing what's in the best interest of the quarterback and that they are willing to sacrifice anything they have to short-term to get him back to full health for the long-term. My experience as an athlete and being around sports as long as I have, no rehab ever goes according to plan because every athlete is different. Every injury is different. Every procedure that you have after an injury is different. So I'm not worried that to this point that Andrew is taking longer than some expected to rehab. What does concern me maybe a little bit is how the Colts handled the entire situation. But really, I think that all goes back to Jim Irsay and his propensity to be optimistic and be hopeful and maybe project what the fans are feeling instead of maybe what's coming out of the official Colts offices. Yeah, I think that's a really good observation on your part. And it's something else that, that Chris Ballard addressed on Thursday with media. You know, he said, look, we don't want people to think that we're not being honest when we're up here. And a lot of that right now is coming from Jim Mercy's comments throughout the spring, throughout the summer, uh, when he kept saying that, that Andrew Luck would be ready for training camp, he, he thought he would have no problem being ready for the season. And even as late as week four of the preseason, you still heard Jim Mersey saying, look, I hope he's ready to go in Los Angeles. I hope he's able to play in week one. Clearly, here we are in week eight, and he's shut down for the season. But I don't think – people, I think, are seeing that sometimes in the wrong light. I don't think – that Jim Irsay was being intentionally misleading or was being intentionally dishonest. I think one thing you have to understand with the Colts owner is that oftentimes he's, as you kind of mentioned, he's speaking from the heart. He's speaking more from what he is hoping will happen than from what the medical facts are. And if you've listened to Chris Ballard all along this, this run, he's, he's consistently said there's no timetable, and the reason there's no timetable is there's this is a long and winding road, and it can take a lot of different turns, which is something else that you mentioned you know, with your experience. And I think that's what's going on here. Is there a concern, the fact that Andrew Luck is, is sitting here three years after, well, two years after this happened initially in a game at Tennessee and still is not 100% and still is not able to get on the field? Uh, you know, of course there is. But it's not like he hasn't played that whole time. And I really think, and we had a question about this in the podcast that we did earlier this week. I think the problem isn't that he had surgery in January. It's that he didn't have surgery prior to that, that he played the last year and a half with this injury. And he took cortisone shots in 2015 up until that horrible injury against Denver where he lacerated his kidney and was out for the rest of that year. And even last year, he kept playing throughout the season, taking one day off a week, that's what they're trying to avoid. That's what they've been this whole process has been about is getting all of that behind him. And it's gonna cost the team, as it turns out, at least one full year of his prime. That's a pretty heavy price to pay. Uh right now they they think that it's worth it because they think that they're gonna end up with, you know, eight to ten, twelve years after this of Andrew Luck under center for them. If they do, it's worth it. If they don't I still don't think you go back to the injury, uh, to the to the to the shoulder. I think it's the initial treatment of this injury. The fact that nobody sat him down after that 2015 season and said, "Look, all these things that happened, why don't you just go under the knife, take care of this shoulder, get it behind you right then." The fact that he played another full year trying to work through it, it probably and this is something you can also speak to, it probably caused other issues in that shoulder. Yeah, it's not wouldn't be technically classified as damage, but 
when you injure something, uh, say a knee, a shoulder, the other ligaments, the other muscles, the other parts of your body have to learn to compensate for that while it's injured. With a knee, you might favor your other knee a little more than the injured knee. If you have surgery, you might have a muscle that atrophies, and so your other muscles have to compensate. You know, I have no medical knowledge whatsoever of Andrew's current situation, but what I've seen in a lot of athletes is once the injury is fixed, they have to, their muscles and their ligaments and tendons have to relearn how to work with that injured part because they haven't been doing it for so long. And with two years, well, not quite two years, but almost two years of playing with that injury, um, it might take his other parts of his shoulder a while to relearn what they're supposed to be doing and he might have soreness you know that might be where that stems from now looking at the rest of the locker room where does this team go from here what do you think the attitude's going to be for the rest of the season I you know I know it's the NFL it's a business it's their job they you know they're going to step up and they're going to continue to play but don't you feel like there's just going to be this cloud hanging over the team because everybody's like, well, uh, we were all looking forward to Andrew coming back and now Andrew's not coming back. So what do we have to look forward to? Well, I, I think there's been that cloud all season, to be honest. I mean, even back in as far back as training camp, there was always that that sense of, of something missing because number 12 wasn't wasn't with the team. And, and even the two weeks that he practiced, you could feel that lift that his teammates got just from him being back out on the field, being back out there with them, even on such a limited basis. Uh, but that being said, one thing that this team's done, is it's not just talk. You know, when Chuck Pagano gets up in front of, of the media every week and says that the team itself is, is not thinking about Andrew Luck and where he's at, that they're working with what they've got, that's true. That's been the approach all along. So I think on some level, the players have been prepared for this possibility. You know, And I think they understand – uh, I know that I talked with one veteran earlier in the week, and and I won't mention who it was or you know what the circumstances were, but he was saying, "Look, this is a time to be selfish. This is a time to take care of yourself. You've got to make sure that that shoulder's good and that he can play the rest of his career." And so I think that's the way the players take it. They're more. I'm not saying they're happy they don't have Andrew Luck by any stretch of the imagination, but they understand that he needs to get healthy and he needs to take this time for himself. And so I think, again, they not that they saw this coming, but that it wasn't a complete shock. It was something that they knew was one of many possibilities that would come out of this. And that being said, I think that the presence of Jacoby Brissett has helped a lot there in the locker room. They have a lot of faith in him. They really like him. He's a good leader. He's a, a fun guy to be around, and I think that that helps alleviate some of that. Uh, but as far as on the field goes, it's pretty clear. I mean, every week we stand there and we ask the coaching staff, why couldn't you finish this game? What's wrong? I think probably inside they would love to just stand up and yell, we don't have Andrew Luck. And and that's honestly, when you look at what this team's been missing in games like the Arizona game, uh the, the comeback that Cleveland was able to make, the comeback that San Francisco was able to make, missing in Tennessee, missing this past week in Cincinnati. It's Andrew Luck's presence at the end of the game, his ability to take over a drive and close out a football game. They're going to continue to miss that. They're going to continue his ability to make big plays, to turn T.Y. Hilton completely loose, to 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 maximize his efficiency, make him the, the player that led the league in, in receiving yards last year. These kind of things aren't going to change. And... Now I think they're faced with that 
uh, for the rest of the season. So perhaps if there was any, if there is any kind of change in, in terms of the mindset of the locker room, in terms of how things are, are going forward, maybe it's a positive one. Maybe some guys were holding back to some degree thinking, well, eventually when Andrew Luck gets back, this will be fixed. And now they've got a face as a unit. He's not coming back. Any, any improvements going to have to come from within. What do the fans have to hold on to for the rest of the season? What should they be watching? What should they be paying attention to? Because obviously, you know, I like Jacoby Brissett. I think he's a good quarterback and is getting better every week. Um, but obviously still a young quarterback with a lot to learn and not having a full preseason to come in and learn this offense and work with timing and things like that. What should fans hold on to um, as we go forward to, to – you know, still pay attention to their team, but realize that the season's really lost at this point. Yeah, well, I think the the growth of Jacoby Brissett is, is one thing because, again, we don't know the situation long-term with Andrew Luck. The Colts are optimistic. They believe this is going to work out. But, again, they were optimistic and believed he would play this year. So you, there's no guarantees with this, and no one is, is approaching saying that. So you do really want to continue to see, can Jacoby Brissett continue to grow? Can he continue to learn? Uh, he's made a lot of leaps and bounds already. He's made a lot of mistakes. You, you want to continue to watch that growth. But also some of the other young guys on this team. Marlon Mack's been a guy to keep an eye on, watching his progression, watching some of the young guys on defense and how they grow and, and develop. Terrell Basham really came on the radar for the first time last week. Is that going to be one blip that that is kind of stands alone in this season, or is that the start of, of some growth for him? Uh, you know, those sort of things. Unfortunately for this team, there's so much injuries all the way around. You know, Quincy Wilson, you'd love to see him out there on the field. He's dealing with a knee problem again. He's not able to get out there. Malik Hooker, the first round pick, is done for the season. So a lot of things that you would watch have been taken away, and that makes it more difficult too. But undoubtedly, the younger guys, the less experienced guys, even guys like Barkevius Mingo here on a one-year deal. We talked about him uh, during the podcast earlier this week. Can he continue to grow? Can he continue to play the role that he's played? Henry Anderson has been on an upswing of late. He looks fully healthy for the first time since his knee injury a year and a half ago. Is he going to be able to continue his his growth and get back to the player that he was as a rookie before the knee gave out? Uh, those are the things to look for. The guys that, that, that you look at who could be pieces of, of this roster as they build towards a contender again in the future – you know, what steps are they taking and how are they coming together? Uh, but it's probably going to continue to be pretty ugly for this team for the simple fact that they don't have all the bullets in the chamber and they found out that one of the big ones just isn't going to be available at any point this year. With the rest of the schedule the way it is, there probably are not a lot of opportunities for this team to realistically win games and to get knocked out of that top five to top ten spot in the draft. But today, there was other big news in the AFC South that may make two more wins possible. Yeah, it's terrible news uh, because Deshaun Watson, who we spent a lot of time talking about on the previous podcast and who has been talked about a lot this week out there at the Indiana Farm Bureau Football Center, he is done for the year as well. Tore his knee, uh, tore the ACL in his right knee on a non-contact play in practice Thursday. It's awful for the Texans. They've had as bad, perhaps even worse luck than the Colts when it comes to injuries this year. He joins J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless on injured reserve. All three of those guys are starters. All three of those guys, major impact players for Houston. None of them available for the rest of the season. Tom Savage is going to come in now, return as the starter. 
Uh, the offense got just seven points against Jacksonville in the opener when he was out there. And Jacksonville's defense is legit. So take nothing away from that. The Colts didn't get any points against Jacksonville's defense. So we know what, what the Jaguars are capable of doing, but it's a far cry from the major threat that that offense is with Deshaun Watson pulling the controls. And, yeah, it does change kind of the complexion of Sunday's game and certainly the Week 17 season closer at home uh, against the Texans. But you're right. When you look at the remaining schedule, uh, Pittsburgh coming up next week, Tennessee after that, they've got Buffalo, they've got Baltimore, they've got Denver, they've got another game with Jacksonville on the schedule. These are really tough defensive teams that are going to make it difficult on on a young quarterback and an offense that's still finding its way. And let's not forget the Colts offensive line banged up again. Anthony Costanzo still out of practice Thursday. No idea if he's going to play Sunday yet at this point and no idea how long he could be out. So lots of challenges still for the Colts with and without Andrew Luck. I know you were really looking forward to seeing Deshaun play and our best wishes go out to him and a, a speedy recovery, hopefully for him. I think that wraps it up for this special edition. George, any other thoughts just to leave the fans with um, on a very disappointing day? Yeah, you know, one thing, and we touched on a little bit, but I, I think there's a lot of anger out there, and I understand that, and frustration, and I completely understand that as well. But there are a lot of people that are kind of pointing out that this team wasn't serious about luck coming back or that they knew, quote-unquote, that luck wasn't going to play this year. And I'm telling you, Anybody who tells you that they knew that Luck was out for the season months ago was guessing because nobody, including Chris Ballard, including Andrew Luck, knew he was not going to play this year until very recently. Uh, They did not trot him out there for practice just for a show. You wouldn't do that. You're not going to take a risk like that, especially as deliberate and as calculated and as you know, careful as they've been with the rest of this process, you wouldn't just run him out there to practice just to to help some kind of misdirection that was going on. Three weeks ago, the plan was for him to play this season. That soreness didn't subside. You mentioned some of the reasons why that's likely to be the case. When you were talking about all the pieces that, that go together in your shoulder and how they compensate for one another and they have to get back and work together, that's another thing that Chris Ballard addressed directly during his press conference to announce that, that luck was going on IR, that's the issue. You know, right now that's the issue as the doctors see it, that those parts all have to work together again in unison. And the soreness is likely coming from that. If that wasn't the, the situation, if his shoulder was completely healthy and everything was working as, as properly supposed to be happening, he would be out there on the field sometime in the very near future. So I, I just want to leave people with that idea. I know there were some some statements from Jim Ursay that were uh, ill-timed, ill-advised, I guess uh, you might say, but this was legit. This team really thought they would have Andrew Luck at some point this season. That was the goal. That was the plan. It didn't happen. Everybody's frustrated about it, and the goal and the hope now is that the year off and the rehab will work and he'll come back better than ever. Well, here's hoping that uh, Andrew can get back to his rehab, find that comfortable spot, and, and be ready for next season. So hopefully we'll see him back soon. All right, that's it for a special edition of Horseshoes and Hand Grenade. Thanks for listening. Uh, make sure to follow George on Twitter at GM Bremer for a live in-game analysis and updates. Until next time, remember the immortal words of Ted Theodore Logan and Billis Preston Esquire, and be excellent to each other. You've been listening to the Horseshoes and Hand Grenades podcast with CNHI Sports Indiana's George Bremer. For more Colts news and information, 
Follow George on Twitter at GM Bremer. And join us next time for more of the Horseshoes and Hand Grenades podcast.